you don't even footage of me being trapped at the top of the lift on another day when I oh. went up and then it got unlevel and it wouldn't go back down. At eight oh, in the morning. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's like one thing after another because it rained a bunch and it was like on some dirt that shifted once I went up. See, these are, these are the things that make content. Yeah. So we gotta be, we gotta be <laughs> yeah, grateful. Gotta document it. Yes. We gotta be grateful for them. Um, I've never gotten stuck on a lift. I'm pretty sure that, that wasn't a good feeling though. I was calm about it. I, I didn't. I wasn't worried. <laughs> I knew it'd be fine. But it does take. Some, we got to get your lift legs. You know? Yeah, yeah. In May of 2020, the citizens of Richmond, Virginia, took to the streets to protest racial inequality, police brutality, and the monuments to Confederate generals that line our historical streets and city parks. As a result, African American artist and community activist Hamilton Glass chose to create a public art project that brings together artists from different cultural backgrounds to paint murals that start conversation and heal the divides between us. That project is called Mending Walls. Hey everyone, my name is Hamilton Glass, creator and founder of Mending Walls, and I'm here today with Noah Scalin and Alfonso Perez. Thanks, guys, for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So you guys uh, are, I'm going to let you guys introduce you yourselves a little bit, but you guys are the third Mending Walls collaboration and our two artists here in Richmond, Virginia. Just take a second to let us know kind of what you do and your background in the arts. Take it away, Alfonso. No, come on. No, go <laughs> ahead. I have to go first. All right. Um, I am an artist and also a creativity consultant. And um, I grew up in Richmond. <laughs> what, what information do you need about me, Ham? So, Noah, if you could kind of just describe your work just so people kind of get a background on what type of work you do. And you do so so many different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my work is all over the place, uh, but I love to work with everyday materials a lot. And um, I'm known for making some large-scale installations using clothing. Uh, I also work a lot with stickers lately. I've been working with matches recently, uh, but I also use paint sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, yeah, I know you... A lot of people know you from the sticker work and the Skull of Day project. And that's probably what people mostly, mostly know, know you from. Hopefully I'm not insulting you right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, people call me the Skull Guy and I do not mind that. Uh, I, uh, yeah, the, the Skull of Day project was something I did now many years ago, uh, but it was when I'd gotten stuck creatively and was working as a creative professional and feeling like I didn't have any motivation anymore. And so I decided to make a piece of skull art every single day for a year. And I honestly just did it to motivate myself. And it turned into this huge international project that went on for years and inspired people and got me to have book deals and travel the world and make art and, and be in galleries and museums. And it was amazing uh, and very specific and strange. And, uh, and so since then, I've been sort of showing people that I can do other things uh, beyond skulls, but also everything I've done since has been built off of that um, platform that I made for myself with that. Well, project. that's when you know that you're doing well, when you're trying to convince people that you can do other things. 
right? Because you're so well known for that one thing, if that makes any sense. That was the explanation that I was looking for. Which is really tricky too, to reinvent yourself and be like, hey, I'm good at this too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, and I think Ham, you've experienced this too. Like you want to be really careful not to sort of paint yourself into a corner, so to speak, or literally, and, uh, and then try to find your way out again, because as artists, we're capable of a lot. And I think, you know, our, our goal as artists is to express whatever it is that we're experiencing. And, and that changes as you get older and as you discover more things. And I want to be able to continually change. And I think the trick is that you generally, people want you to be the same, uh, especially if you have any success, they want you to just keep replicating that. So, you know, something you have to navigate. So Alfonso, what about you? Kind of give us a description of your work and kind of what you do. I would say that I am also an artist. Um, I'm a Colombian artist that have been living here in, in Richmond for almost five years, a little bit more than five years. And I think I've been mainly working with portrait projects with very specific communities, uh, Latino communities, immigrant communities, and just trying to highlight some of those stories and, and talk a little bit about what those communities go through, what, the, what those communities have to say um, in order to change some narratives around the way that we understand them. Uh, and I also work with the Sacred Heart Center on a regular basis with youth programs and art classes. And my, I think my life is divided between those two jobs or two like uh, ways of, of practicing art. And I'm pretty happy with both of them and, um, and each of them nurture each other. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I know you so well, Alfonso, because you and I have kind of come together and now I would say several projects before with ARCA, which is what's, can you explain what ARCA is? So ARCA is, it's a project that has to do with art, reconciliation, civic advocacy. And it's, uh, it's with an organization that now is called Virginia Community Voices. And we, we started working with them. When, when was this? A, a couple of years ago, probably. Yeah, two years ago, I believe. At the end of 2018, and it was a project around bringing Latino and, and Black communities together to make public art. And we both kind of head, headed that project, me kind of representing the Black side and you and the Latino side. But you guys, so you guys were the third Mending Walls uh, mural, and your project was right behind 300 East Broad Street. Really quick, can you describe uh, your final product? And then we'll kind of get into what you guys did really quick i think it was awesome <laughs> i think he means visually right but i, I mean visually uh, a visual description of what it looks like yeah so we we did a, a very tall mural more vertical than horizontal and it's about two figures that are lifting up each other back to back and they have yellow ribbon which is actually uh, yellow police tape with the names of people who have died recently out of police brutality. And behind them are some messages that relate to the current moment. Yeah. This is also, this mural is strategically placed right next to the VCU police station. Yeah. People saw it and were like, is that on purpose? And I was like, it is. Yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> so that's what I, we honestly designed the mural before it got 
to that wall. That's what's crazy. Yeah, interesting. So that's what I was going to ask you: was the police tape correlated to the the location? No. So we had an original location we were going to be at. It was a very horizontal space. Had lots of little broken up areas. Uh, there was a tree blocking part of it. There was signage, and we were like, "How are we going to make a, a sort of a cohesive message here?" And so we were like, "Well, we'll put these sort of vintage signs in different areas to kind of draw people back further, and then we'll have this these figures." So all these elements were already there, and then it felt like, "Well, how are we going to tie this together?" And then we said, "Okay, a, a ribbon. We'll link them all with some kind of text. We'll figure that out." And it was like a white ribbon. And then I mocked it up digitally so we could look at it on sort of the wall and see it sort of make some choices. And I think that's the first time I was like, ah, this white and black and white, and there's just no color here. Let me try putting a color in. And I put yellow in and it snapped into place that it was a police tape. And then I was like, all of this finally makes sense to me. It all comes together. And uh, and then we were and then we had a very serious discussion about where to the, about the wall and the issues we were having with the wall visibility wise and what we were trying to accomplish. And it was decided that we'd move to a different wall. And so all the choices were made on that first wall and then rearranged it for a totally vertical wall. And yet it worked so well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really want to kind of dig into the, how you guys came together conceptually, if that makes any sense. That's where that's kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this for me. Like I really am interested in how each pair comes together conceptually and I know one of the big things that I've been saying is you know we all are screaming like Black Lives Matter right but in other things and the other issues that we that we really deem important but they all mean different things to us they're not you know what I mean even even the phrase Black Lives Matter means a different thing to each and every different person I mean they align in some way, right? They they align, but there are other issues to each individual person that are are placed higher than the other. So, like, how how did you all, when your first initial conversation, how did you all conceptually mesh? I, I mean, I think I think everything was literally like conversated. You know, like we just went through everything, just talking about it and and figuring it out one piece at a time you got to know something and is that noah and i we're we're not confrontational people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we tend to connect pretty easily and and so every conversation was just like yes this works yes you're awesome and yeah you're cool and yeah <laughs> and then we had to start like putting our feet on the ground and say well this doesn't work or this doesn't look well here and there's a trick there which is really interesting for us and, and especially for me, because I felt that something that worked really well from the beginning is that we were both pretty like aware of of our limits or like respecting each other's limits and each other's capabilities and just listening, listening, listening and try to throw in what we wanted to do, the best things from from each other. So it was just, I mean, we just started talking about things and not really talking about art or anything. Yeah, yeah. And then I think for our, for our second conversation, our second meeting, uh, I remember Noah bringing this really good idea of the ghost signs to us and just starting to talk about that and and hoping that we could do something with that. And I thought it was brilliant. And I thought we could do everything around that concept. 
So I was there where we were there. And and I think the first day that we went to see, like physically, the, the wall that we had before, I was very anxious because I wanted to include some bodies, some figures, some human figures. So I just started thinking, I think the, that night before or the day before, about what body image or what body language can talk about building trust or building empathy. And out of nowhere, like after, after lunch or something, I saw my two daughters doing the pose of like lifting each other. And I was like, of course, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. And I remember how we used that also with, with Sacred Heart and, and team building with some, some teen groups when they do that and the reflection that comes out of that and what we talk about, what do you have to do to get the other to get up with you and all that. So it made total sense. I started sketching pretty quickly. And the day after that, when, when we were in front of the wall, I just like with a, a little shyness there, I said, Noah, I have an idea here. <laughs> I have an idea here. Uh, and this is an image that I think we could use. And I showed it to him and I just remember him saying, that is a very powerful image. Let's use this. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. I'm glad I didn't have to think of a, a visual way to do that. And and you know, we're both representational artists. We might, you know, we both do portraiture. And in some ways, well, I should back up a little. First of all, you know, Ham made this con connected us, decided we'd work together. And which was awesome. I, you know, I actually knew Alfonso a little bit already and I, I really liked his work and was like excited to have this, but at the same time, neither of us are black. And, and this was, you know, this idea of, of mending walls, you know, that there's a sort of cross-cultural conversation about what this moment means right now and what we're grappling with in terms of Black Lives Matter, as you were talking about. And so I was like, we kind of looked at each other like, what do either of us know about this? Like, you know, where's our place in talking about this? And I mean, what was great is that started our conversation. And then you know, talking about it from an immigrant perspective was really interesting for Alfonso and my family, you know, they're immigrants from a couple generations back. And so that we did have a point of connection. And and honestly, like he was saying, like, we're like brothers already. Like we, we get along so well and it was so easy. It was just like, you know, a dream collaboration in that way. I think, you know, there was never any no's as, as he said, it was always just sort of like, yes, and build on what else could we do? But I think mostly it was trying to pick something like get specific, which was the trickiest part because there's a lot to be said. And we were like, what is our thing? And I, and I really appreciate that Alfonso had a strong vision around this empathy component, which I know is important to you, Ham, and, and sort of as, as why you built this. And it was great because I, I think I got sort of deep quickly into like anger around the police violence and was kind of like, I don't want to not, or like, I wanted to make sure that we didn't get too abstract or move too far from it and get, you know, I wanted to make sure it was clear where our, what our stance was. And that's where sort of like having those messages. So in the background of those ghost signs of the Black Lives Matter, we need to talk, which is of course the motto for, for this project. And then uh, Mikasa Esukasa, which is Alfonso brought up, which again was like a brilliant suggestion because it kind of encompassed what we were trying to say. And because it was in Spanish, referenced this other community that isn't really being talked about as much and is yet a, a message that if you don't speak Spanish, most likely you understand it and you've already heard it before. Right. And so it's still accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that you brought up that caught my ear was how you all both respected each other's boundaries in a collaboration. That's a, that's a skill. It's like, it actually is like the formula of making a good collaboration 
because you have to actually have trust to make a good collaboration, right? You have to, and especially with two, two figurative artists, right? We all want to like, no, I want to say what I want to say and I want to do it in my artistic way. And really it's about making a balance between the both of you that makes something cohesive. And always, people are probably sick of hearing me saying this, but like, always say when two artists get together they should make a third artist right you kind of gotta let go of of that thing so the ghost signs i'm super interested in the ghost signs because i know on your on your the wall that you guys ended up doing there was already a ghost sign on there did that come from you that or that was before there that what's so crazy about the the wall we ended up with is that we didn't, we already had the police tape and we ended up next to a police station and we already had the ghost signs and we ended up with a wall with ghost signs. And we were like, it is meant to be. Yeah. And, and just so I can kind of describe what a ghost sign is for people who out there might know, it's kind of, um, usually you see them from old, like really old sign painted signs, uh, uh, hand painted signs that are on brick walls and they faded over time. And I'm, and I mean, like they've lasted, you know, last like 40, 50 years. And you can kind of see the remnants of a sign that used to be in color and bright from back when signs used to be uh, hand painted and not just put up on billboards. So that's what I mean when I, when I say ghost signs, to me, it sounds like you all have kind of cheated. You, you, you got, uh, (laughs) you got, you got, uh, your two daughters showing you the pose, which is just like amazing. And then you thought of the ghost signs and you had the wall kind of, kind of tell you that that was the perfect thing. No, I'm, I'm totally joking, but that it's just amazing how things kind of like snap together and like formulate what's really to be on that wall. Were there any other challenges that you all faced in from the design process to even just executing it? There, there was a very vertical challenge for me because it was the first time that I worked on a lift. And the first thing I do when I just go up the lift to try it out is Hamilton Glass telling me, okay, go all the way up just to see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just dying, almost peeing in my pants, going up there and trying it out. And after that, it was like, okay, so, it, I mean, I feel like I'm going to die. Like Noah said, I feel like I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die. It's okay. It's safe. It, it's more of a feeling. And I actually established like a trust relationship with the lift. I called her Lily and I talked to her at the beginning of the day. And, and it was great. Lists are, are, are a funny thing because no matter how, in, in my experience, no matter how many times you use them, you the first time you go up, you're always kind of like, oh, uh, no. I mean, I to this day, I, I've been on hundreds of them and I, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, uh, but I, I can remember that moment. And we kind of had, I guess I was part of one of your challenges, right? If, if any of you all have Instagram, Mending Walls RVA, you'll see we we kind of posted our, our issues with the lift on there. But so you guys, I, I hear there's a great story about how you actually named the project. Yeah. Was that the day it was it was I was painting that day, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I really loved about this process, and I guess, you know, talk about challenges before we're painting this during COVID 
you know, quarantine, that's its own craziness, you know, that trying to social distance on a, we couldn't work on the same time because it was a vertical wall. So we couldn't both be on the lift. We couldn't get six feet apart on that lift. So we had to take turns alternating days and times when we were painting, which is really interesting to collaborate that way. But what was cool is that when you're up on a lift, there's people coming by and you are distanced and you can talk to them. And so, you know, people come by and say, what is this? What does that mean? What's this about? And getting these opportunities to talk to people about the project was really cool because I hadn't seen a lot of people in a while. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> but also, you know, I get a little worried when I'm working on something like this, because like you said, like Alfonso said, I'm not, we're not very confrontational. Like we'll show it in our art, but not necessarily want to like have a fight or aggressive conversation. So you never know when somebody walks up and is like, what's that about? You know, you're like, uh, brace for impact. And there was a, a local fellow who came up and was asking about it and was like, this is, this is really cool. I really like this. It's really meaningful, really impactful. And he said, if, um, Hey, if you're going to, do you have a title for it? And I said, well, no, we haven't really worked that out yet. And he said, well, I got one for you. And, and so, and he, I think, so I think he said, I think it was like, we can rise together. And I think we just turned it around a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it was like, dude, all right, great. We got it. Thank you. And so I love that it's actually named with the help of the community. And I love that that image of those people, it, it reads so well that people's, you know, what was wild is that we hadn't finished and immediately people got what it was and were saying, oh, this is exactly what we need. This is what we should be doing. This is right. And it felt really good and, and all credit to Alfonso on that. Yeah, I, that's the awesome part about art, right? Because we have one, especially public art, we have one kind of notion of what it is, but people also bring out those other notions. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking of that, but that's totally in line with with where I was with it and, and how I was thinking. And so it it often helps you fill in the cracks of what you weren't even thinking about. So with your, your piece, um, Together We Rise, the last question I really would like to ask you is, what else does it bring to the conversation of Black Lives Matter and specifically to the Mending Walls project? Well, I mean, I, there's a lot of things there, but I think one of the first ones that actually appeared in our first conversation is this notion of racism being very polarized in Richmond. So we always talk about this fight between black and white, and we don't talk about what's, what, what's in the middle or the gray area of, of racism in, in Richmond. And I think one of the first things that we talked about or that I told Noah was like, let's try to explore the diversity around racism and just talk about that and say, hey, this is not just about black and white. This is about people who are not treating each other well because they're just different. And, and there's got to be a common ground to speak a little bit louder around this. And that's, that's adding a little bit extra perspective to what we're doing in general with, the, with all of the walls in the project. And it also happened or, or it, it also appeared in the moment when we were trying to define the figures like shapes and gestures and are they going to be from a specific race or what are they going to have and we and, and Noah just I remember him saying it's going to be great if people can fill that gap by themselves and maybe try to sketch up something like like I usually do not defining so many things for them to be able to participate a little bit more in in those terms and do that so 
I, I think that's that's a big one. Yeah, I love uh, you, you captured those figures so well because if you really look at it, like it's unclear what race, what gender, but it feels specific at the same time. And you, you're you really it was really masterful. Thank you. There's a lot of luck involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, of skill. one of the one of the great things that I I like about Alfonso's figures and his drawing is is the movement and i guess i'm i'm biased because i love movement that's what all my stuff is about but like the movement really always translates from the medium too so there's lines and colors and just spills of colors and and things that just go overboard to show kind of the movement from the figures that you draw and i was to Alfonso, I'm not sure how many murals you've done, but I know that this you haven't three. done too many. Right. You've, so you've done three and this is probably your third one. And I was I don't, I don't want to say I was worried, but I was just very curious to see how that was going to translate with a different medium because I'm so used to it with pencil and like what seems to be watercolor and maybe acrylic or something like that. And it just it was like. It was amazing. Also, this was like the first time you've used spray paint. Uh, you have to be the quickest, confident learner, fastest <laughs> fastest artist I've seen. He's just like went up there and went for it. And, and it was out and it looks so good. And exactly. And, and what I love is he really you really got your line work, which is something I think was important is that he translated his illustration work that's very you know, pencil or pen drawing with like a lot of lines onto the wall. So it feels still like one of those, which is, which is really great. We, we, you know, talking about challenges, we both did a lot of stuff we hadn't done before on this mural. And I think it's always a huge risk, but I think in a collaboration, we're already sort of trying to go beyond what we would normally do and make something new. But, you know, we did a lot of risky stuff. I think anybody who knows what they're doing with murals would been like, don't do any of the, th like, we're like, we're going to paint directly on brick. We're not going to, pre-prime the whole wall. We're going to only prime the sections we want to work on. We're going to make ghost ads. We're going to do typography. We're going to do shadows. I mean, it's like a million tricky ideas. But but it was executed so well. So kudos to you guys for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining me today. Really learned a lot, as as I always do, talking to, to you all about your, your collaboration and your process. Thank you guys for being with me. I appreciate uh, hearing about your work. Thank you. Thank you, Hamilton. This podcast was produced by Pam Hervey and Hamilton Glass with support by Todd Hervey, Whitney Whiting, and George Parker. It was recorded at In Your Ear Studios and edited by 19 Red. Mending Walls was created by Hamilton Glass and supported by the Community Foundation for a Greater Richmond and Altria Group. You can be a part of the conversation by participating in the virtual community gatherings hosted by the Drums No Guns Foundation and the Community Foundation for Greater Richmond. More information and link for registration can be found at the website www.mendingwallsrva.com. Please keep listening for details on when and where you can see the one-hour documentary on Mending Walls to be broadcast on public television. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.